hockey fans, are you ready to brave the wild with me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan? Brave the Wild is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podman, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Audible, Stitcher, Double Twits, and I'm sure there's many others. It is a great pleasure to be back on board to talk some real hockey as this is the 2021-2022 Minnesota Wild and NHL season preview. Great to be back once again. Hockey is in the air, sort of. At the time I'm recording segment number one, the final cuts have just been made, just been made, hot off the press from Michael Russo of The Athletic. Really cool, obviously. Really appreciate that that happened. Just in time for me to get started on segment number one. Uh, segment number two is actually recorded first. That's the NHL preview. It's not the longest thing in the world, obviously, because it's talking about everybody else and how things will finish. You'll hear who I have winning the Stanley Cup this year and all that. You may or may not be happy with it at the end of the day, but that's how it goes. We all have our different ideas and projections. Uh, well, everything's in place. Unfortunately, Matt Boldy is out four to six weeks with an ankle injury, a fractured left ankle, so that really sucks. Uh, odds are he was going to wind up in Iowa anyway. Now he's for sure going to be in Iowa, you know, at the time he comes back. So that's a setback. That sucks. So probably over a month for Matt Boley. Oh, what an amazing uh, start to his young career, though, obviously. Freshman year in college, the first half wasn't so good. The second half was good. He wound up in the top six. He's excelled everywhere he's played, uh, like in the AHL and such. Really appreciate what he brought. Your final, uh, the, the guy who ended up beating everybody out is... Brandon DeHaim. Brandon DeHaim has made it. Brandon DeHaim has made it. Adam Beckman, who was unbelievable, uh, had a stretch of four goals in three games here in the preseason. Winds up in the AHL, but he should be good. Uh, Kalen Addison and Marco Rossi also headed to the AHL for the Iowa Wild. So your final roster is set, and we're going to talk about that right about now, basically, and talk about, in the end, if this is a playoff team and such going to kind of go up and down the roster, but obviously very excited to be <laughs> ready to get going. Nick Sweeney, obviously, to the AHL. Joe Cramarosa, who had two goals uh, just last night in this case. Ale- uh, Alexander Hovinov, Hovi is in the AHL, which makes us all feel a lot better, rather than being in the, uh, rather than being in the, <clears throat> the KHL or the other league, possibly. So nice that he was willing to go to Iowa. As remember, two years ago, there was talk of he's either going to be in the NHL or the KHL. He's not going to no AHL. Well, he's in the AHL, so that's nice. A move that probably frustrated a number of people, which actually is one of the reasons uh, One of the reasons <clears throat> Adam Beckman is not on the roster is Rem Pitlick was claimed off of waivers from the Nashville Predators. And I remember thinking at the time when he was at the Gophers, that would be kind of cool to have Rem Pitlick. You know, he's uh, had a nice career with the Gophers, 45 points in his junior year as he played three years with the U of M. Of course, son of Lance Pitlick. We, most hockey fans know who that is. He's in his 50s now. Uh, defenseman. <clears throat> played with the Gophers and in the NHL. Not the longest career ever, but, uh, you know, and obviously not the highest point totals, but a very intelligent, solid, solid defenseman out of Minneapolis, Minnesota. Now 53 years of age. Drafted by the Minnesota North Stars in 1986. Wow, that's a long time ago. <laughs> ninth round, 180th overall. Ninth round doesn't even exist anymore because uh, it just doesn't. <laughs> no, it just doesn't exist anymore. Probably too many prospects back then. Guys having a hell of a time uh, getting on teams. He was drafted by the Ottawa Senators, and I actually remember him well. No, he was with the North Stars prior to me. Wound up with the Ottawa Senators. That's where I remember him the most. 
only cracked double digits once in the NHL, 96 and 97, when the, uh, the spring of 97 is when the Wild first came into the existence. They didn't have their name yet until later that fall in November. Ten points that season, five goals, five assists, but solid career with the U of M, played all four years, and was at the Hershey Bears with the North Stars uh, affiliation and such, and then wound up with the Ottawa Senators and Florida Panthers. That would be Lance Pitlick. He is the uh, he is the patriarch of that family. Tyler Pitlick was wound up in the National Hockey League. Of course, he's the oldest brother. He's the eldest brother, 29 years of age already, born in 91. He was drafted by the Edmonton Oilers in the second round. Pretty high pick there. He's been okay. Pretty much been a uh, third-line center most of the way. You know, bottom sticks type of guy. Edmonton Oilers only had three points in 27 games in two years there. Uh, played an amount of time in the AHL. Very successful in the AHL for the most part, particularly later on. And he's been an NHLer ever since. Was recently traded from the Coyotes to the Calgary Flames. So happy. Uh, obviously, I like the Calgary Flames, so it'll be cool to see Tyler Pidlick suiting up with those sweet-ass uniforms. Gotta love that. I remember with Philadelphia just recently, and of course with Dallas, Tyler Pitlick, the elder brother. Rem Pitlick, again, also on the Gophers. Tyler did not play for the Gophers. I believe he went the yeah, he went the junior route. No, he was with uh, Mankato for just one year and then went to the Medicine Hat Tigers, which is pretty much where uh, Mason Shaw came from. Ultimately, very successful season there. It's crazy. He went from the NHL to the juniors. Or the uh, the college, college, WCHA to the juniors. Pardon me, I'm saying NHL. I'm crazy. Uh, and then eventually wound up with the Edmonton Oilers' club. That drafted him 31st overall back in 2010. Tyler Pitlick. Rhett Pitlick suiting up for the Gophers <clears throat> this fall. He'd been in the USHL with the Tri-City Storm and Muskegon uh, Lumberjacks, pardon me. He's had some success <clears throat> and now will suit up for the Golden Gophers, the Minnesota Golden Gophers, like his father and his older brother, Rem Pitlick, who is now a member of the Minnesota Wild. Only th two points so far in the NHL in 11 games, and he's pretty much been penciled or penned in, should we say, with the Minnesota Wild. So they're just pretty much like, yeah, he's playing here. I like Rem Pitlick in the NHL. Thinking he's kind of a fringe guy, though, so far. Third round, 76th overall. And again, you'll hear some frustration in the fan interaction segment that he was picked up because people just knew right away somebody like uh, Daheim or <clears throat> Adam Beckman was not going to make the roster. Boldy, some people thought he was going to wind up on the fourth line, but that would be, uh, that wouldn't uh, add up to what uh, Bill Guerin was saying. So that's the thing. That just wouldn't, that wouldn't, yeah, I mean, it, it, that would contradict with what Bill Guerin was saying. If Boldy and Rossi make the team, they're going to be in the top six. The unfortunate part is you got to be able to make the top six to make the team then. So that's the hard part, obviously. You don't want them to rot in the third and fourth lines for four or five years. You know, you put him in. Let's go. Let's go, rookie. Come on. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. And then four or five years later, they're struggling to get 15 points a season. And it's like, well, that didn't work out so good. I've been kind of feeling that way with Casey Middlestad so far with Buffalo. Looked like he's finally starting to break through a teeny tiny bit later last season. Hoping for the best there. Uh, hoping for the best there. But Rem Pitlick again so far. He's, he was obviously so good with the Gophers. I really enjoyed him. Uh, left the Gophers after the, after 2019. 18-19, of course, did not play in a single tournament game. Unfortunately, if I remember correctly. Yeah, 16 was their very last tournament year. The Gophers had a number one seed and ended up uh, getting beat in the first round. That was awfully frustrating. Then we went into the massive doldrums 
the final years of Lucia and the first years of Bob Motzkow. Finally got back to the tournament last year, but of course, Pitlick was not on the Gophers anymore. Played one game with the Preds, and that's at 63 with the Milwaukee Admirals, a team we've heard of a million times now. 36 points in 63 games, 20 of them goals. Pitlick's got a nice shot and all that, and again, he's been solid throughout his career. Interestingly, uh, he was actually born in Ottawa, even though he grew up in Minnesota with his father Lance, but born in Ottawa while Lance Pitlick was playing for the Ottawa Senator, so that makes sense. He's, he's not a Canadian, even though he's Canadian-born. He's a Minnesota, Canadian, soda, whatever you get to say. It's just kind of funny how that turns out, but born in Canada, but he's a Minnesotan, generally, I guess. <laughs> that's just ironic how that worked out, but uh, hey, that, that's how it goes. <laughs> um, I'm happy to have him on the wild. I hope he has a, I hope he's very successful. 24 years of age, five foot 11, 196. <clears throat> he's a center who's uh, going to be playing on the left wing most likely, the third or fourth line. Right now they have him penciled in as the third line left winger, Rem Pitlick, with Frederick Goudreau and Kevin Fiala. So basically the quintessential third line is the quintessential second line right now. Ryan Hartman, Jordan Greenway on the left, Marcus Felino on the right. Okay. It's the top line that makes me feel really happy, though. Jewel, Eriksenek, Matt Zuccarillo, and Kirill Kaprizov. Instead of Victor Rask, it's Jewel Eriksenek at center now for the top line. It's a great fit. Uh, Jewel Eriksenek is on the verge of becoming a really valuable player. Obviously, you know, a nice long-term contract, over $5 million a year, and I think he's going to prove himself to be worth every penny at the end of the day, Jewel Erickson, regardless what you may think. That might have been too much, too long a term, this and that, but obviously a guy that I think uh, absolutely deserves to be the top-line center for the Minnesota Wild right now. Honestly, there's no question about it because he can score goals, he can make plays, but he's also a 200-foot player. He plays more of a defensive-style game. Obviously, everybody knows that, but he's capable of putting the puck in the net, and he's not going to be a liability for Zuccarello or, of course, Kaprizov. He's not going to slow them down. He's not going to frustrate anybody. He's just going to frustrate the other team, which is the good part. I think uh, Jules Eriksenek is on the verge of having a fantastic season. You've obviously got two forwards <laughs> alongside Jules Eriksenek that are going to make plays for Jules Eriksenek. It's not like Jules is going to be the guy making plays for everybody, which he's capable of doing. It's just a matter of uh, those two wingers, Kirill Kaprizov and Matt Zuccarillo, are such fantastic passers. They're going to all make each other better, and that's what's exciting about that top line. They were absolutely exquisite in the time they played together in the preseason and the short time they played together in the postseason last year. It was nice and late in the regular season as well. But very, very, very promising right now. Obviously, Matt Zuccarillo's passing skills, uh, his personality and all that. Dare we say he's worth every penny? Uh, the only frustration people had in the past was the no-move clause, but I, I don't really want to trade Matt Zuccarillo right now. So I, I feel totally fine about that, actually, having Matt Zuccarillo on the team, even though $6 million is $6 million, But with that level of passing skills and, of course, you know, the, the, the way things started, you didn't feel as good about it, but he hadn't really recovered from that wrist injury. Uh, the mechanics of his wrist hadn't been, full, you know, the motion of his wrists weren't really regained yet, so his passing skills just weren't there, and a lot of other things just weren't there. Had the corrective surgery finally, and now here we go. So, like, the first year he basically stole $6 million, and the next year he earned $6 million. So <laughs> I feel a little better about that. Kevin Fiala, obviously third line, 
third line for Kevin Fiala with Goudreau and Remick. Uh, Remick with Rem Pitlick. <laughs> uh, yeah, that one I don't like. And I know both Judd and Declan of Judd's Hockey Show were not too happy about that either. Uh, you know, it's just kind of like, uh, I guess, you know, woohoo, yay. It's not a good, it's not that good. That's what I'm a little concerned with, and I think a lot of other people will as well, will be. Um, mm, I don't know, man. I, I I don't know. I don't like that. Obviously, a dream lineup that I brought up, and I was thinking it in my head, and then, of course, Judd and Declan mentioned it immediately as I'm thinking it, or like, like an, when I turned on their podcast from a few days back, was basically... I would, you know, in, in a perfect world, if everything was ready to rock and roll and everybody was healthy and at the same time, they're just ready to play in the NHL. We don't need to wait anymore. And, you know, they'd be okay defensively. It wouldn't be a total disaster. You know, that type of thing. Rossi at center. This is to be the second line, by the way. Rossi at center. Kevin Fiala, right wing, left wing. I mean, Matt Boldy. Oh, man. Wouldn't that be fun? Wouldn't that be fun? You still have Jewel, Matt Zuccarello, and Kirill Kaprizov. And then you have Rossi, Boldy, and Fiala. Ooh, that'd be fun, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that be something? But see, see now Felino or Felino Fiala's kind of the odd man out in a lot of ways. You got the three main guys, and you can't really separate Kirill, Kaprizov, and Zuccarillo right now. Eventually, you might be able to put Fiala up there, especially if somebody gets hurt, God forbid. That would be Zuccarillo if he gets hurt or something. Or just Fiala's playing so well, he deserves to be. He deserves at least some cracks up there, and I'm sure in the power play they'll play together, depending on the setup, because obviously lines shuffle. Nothing set in stone forever, necessarily. Um, but just, I mean, it, it, it's a bummer. Frederick Goudreau, he played well with Kevin Fiala in Milwaukee, but that was the AHL. That was the AHL. Uh, Pitlick has, has more AHL time than he has NHL time as well. Kevin Fiala is, well, <laughs> he's, he's not a superstar yet. He still could be, but he definitely has star potential. And he's definitely an elite scorer, and so it, it's a tough situation there, having Fiala kind of stuck on the third line. Third line. It's, it's just a bummer. It's just a bummer that the the, the roster isn't balanced out the way we'd like, uh, talent-wise, necessarily. Um, just kind of top-heavy. It depends on how you look at Greenway. Obviously, is a wonderful captain type of player. He's a tough, gritty guy, but he's the quintessential third liner. Literally, Hartman, Greenway, and Felino are the perfect third line. Uh, uh, it's sad how you're hearing more complaints about Greenway's play. Obviously, when Greenway was out there on a line with Rossi and Boldy, it was like Rossi and Boldy were fantastic. There's just this veteran guy that was skating with them that wasn't as good. The more veteran player, he wasn't really good. We're disappointed in him, and that was Greenway. Uh, they didn't say the name, but it's like, well, duh. Who else could it be? Bukestad? <laughs> no. Um, other people believe, even like a, a Judd Zolgad believe that the Rem Pitlick acquisition could mean there's some kind of surprise move on the way, like Victor Rask sent to the AHL or something, or even cut or uh, waived or whatever the heck. But maybe waived and then he winds up in the AHL, because nobody's going to claim that $4 million contract for Victor Rask, even though it's an expiring. And if they do, more power to him. Then uh, welcome to the Minnesota Wild, <laughs> Adam Beckman. Welcome to the Wild. Welcome on board. That's basically what would happen then. Because Beckman basically played his way into Minnesota. Game-winning goal. Great scoring ability. His skating isn't the greatest, but his scoring ability is very much there. Luckily, uh, luckily we have other good skaters like Kirill Kaprizov 
and such that can help make up for that. And then Kevin Fiala is probably as good a skater as you're going to get on the Minnesota Wild right now, along with the Goligoskis and such in defense. Uh, the defensive pairings, Goligoski, Jared Spurgeon. Jared Spurgeon, of course, the captain. Dumba and Felino are the alternate captains, if I didn't mention that already. Yeah, I'm, that's like old news for most of us. Jonas Berdeen, Matt Dumba, second pairing. Dmitry Kulikov and John Merrill are the third pairing. At the moment, Jamie Benn is the, uh, did I just call him Jamie Ben Jordan Ben is the third, is the third, uh, seventh defenseman at the moment, which is totally fine. Uh, top power play unit has the top line on it. Erickson at Kaprizov, Zuccarello, and then Spurgeon and Fiala. Spurgeon and Fiala. I would mean Fiala on the point at the end of the day with that rifle shot. Second power play unit, Frederick Goudreau, Ryan Hartman, and Felino with Dumba and Brodine. I hope that's I hope that's not real. Dumba, that's nice. Brodeen obviously can be productive. I don't know. Of course, Talbot and Kakinen are the goalies. Okay, well, uh-huh. Yeah, they were listing. <laughs> they were listing <laughs> Matt Boldy as day-to-day. It ain't day-to-day anymore. It's, you know, week-to-week at this point, unfortunately. Rossi to the AHL, like I was mentioning. Beckman to the AHL. It's going to be a spectacular sight, these players in the AHL. We're talking some serious talent, folks. Too bad Boldy won't be there. Would have been nice, but now he's got to recover, and he, he will be there in a month plus, unfortunately. Again, you know, the roster definitely lacks dazzling talent, but at least there's still hope, generally speaking, when it comes to the Minnesota Wild and when it comes to the AHL. Serious talent, of course. Did I mention the fourth line? I don't think I did. It's Nico Stern, Bukestad, and Victor Rask, but I gotta think Deheim is gonna Deheim is gonna replace Rask or Bukestad on the wing at some in some instances. Hopefully more often than not, because I don't want him to be the thirteenth forward. I'd rather Victor Rask is a thirteenth forward. I really would, or Bukestad. It's not gonna kill Bukestad, it's not gonna kill me certainly at nine hundred thousand. If Bukestad is the 13th forward, obviously that's probably the more likely route that that uh, things head in that direction. Just because Victor Rask just has to be on the wild and he's making $4 million. you can't just, you know, send him to the AHL and you can't just cut him every day, you know, or, you know, scratch him every day. So that's one of the situations there, unfortunately. But a promising roster, it should be playoff... A uh, playoff caliber team, I gotta think, especially as long as guys stay healthy for the most part. Love the top line; they work well together. You got the defense with uh, Jules Eriksson with all kinds of skills. He, he's just an all-around 200 player, 200 foot player. And I gotta think from what uh, Bill Guerin has described, what type of centers he likes. Jules Eriksson fits the bill perfectly. He's just not a superstar yet. Maybe some, maybe, maybe someday there is there's there's more offense there. He believes actually that Julian Janek is capable of making some serious uh, some serious highlight level goals. We'll see. Hasn't happened yet. It's more of the grease and grind type of goals like Zach Parisi. You know he's going to have the puck bounce off his chest, bounce off his skate. Uh, but hey, the puck went in and he was in the right place at the right time. This and that. Um, if they're greasy goals, if they're spectacular goals, whatever. But a lot of people do believe they can pile up. And I do see 20 to 25 goals for Jules Eriksson Eck heading into the regular season. I do. Absolutely. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov will lead the Minnesota Wild in goals, I think. Man, I know I keep going back and forth with him and Fiala. Either one of them could get 40 this year. As long as they stay healthy, either one of them could get 40 goals this year. 35 to 40 goals. 
That's the one thing. There are two stud-level players on this team that couldn't get to 35, 40 goals. Put it this way, if either one of them doesn't get to 30 this year, I'll consider that a disappointment. I'll consider that a disappointment. I won't necessarily call them the bust of the season or anything, because obviously we have the James Shepard Memorial of the year. Somebody's going to get that. Somebody's going to get it, and <laughs> we'll see. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, in the fan interaction segment, I believe there's a question about that somewhere along the way, and if not, I'll just uh, create it. Oh, man. Who's going to lead the team in assists this year? I'll go with Zuccarillo. I think he will lead the club in assists. It could even be Kaprizov. I'm going to pick I'm going to pick the low-hanging fruit down and say Kaprizov leads the team in goals. Team in goals. He'll probably get more opportunities, unfortunately, than Fiala. Uh, if Fiala's going to be on that third line, boy, they, I hope they're on the ice more often than not. <clears throat> and that's putting a lot of hope into Rem Pitlick at the end of the day. That's one fear I have here. Rem Pitlick has three points in the NHL so far. Three. He's, he's, he's got a skill, and maybe he'll break out. Maybe he'll, he'll show that he is a third-round type of talent. I mean, Beckman was a third-round pick, and he looks like a kind of guy that could get 25 to 40 goals in the NHL sometimes uh, when when he reaches his full potential, hopefully. Rem Pitlick, yep, you know, there's, he has a nice shot. There is something there. He is a goal scorer. Is he another... Is he Luke Cunning? Is he worse than Luke Cunning? Is he... <laughs> Is he somebody who's going to emerge and surprise? Is, is he Adam Beckman? I, I doubt it, but, well, that might be the high-end type of situation. Plus, obviously, we'll see how Adam Beckman truly does in the NHL. I do believe Adam Beckman will translate to the National Hockey League. Everywhere Adam Beckman has gone, he, just, he, he has scored. If it's the WHL, if it's the AHL, and obviously an NHL preseason against NHL players, not full go, but still, it is an, mostly NHL players at this stage, and he's still been successful out there on a regular basis, whether it's preseason or not. The goal-scoring ability is there, and people are noticing it. And he's clutch as well. He's had, he's had game winners in Iowa. He's had a game winner in the preseason. Pretty exciting uh, multi-goal game. I, I'm very excited, looking forward to Adam Beckman's future with Minnesota. I really hope big time that uh, he <laughs> emerges and becomes something special long term uh, I, I'm really looking forward to it, uh, five points in nine games last year, again one of them was a game winner he was only 19 years of age at the time isn't that cool, isn't that crazy Connor DeWer, Damien Giroux of course will be in Iowa, but again DeWer is one of those kind of guys who can do pretty much everything, he might end up being a better version of Jules Erickson X someday maybe, obviously that's a stretch Mason Shaw, guys like that. Hope he can stay healthy. Hill and Addison really emerged nicely last year. Boldy and Addison were nice re uh, revelations last year, though how quickly they emerged once they were in the AHL and out of juniors or college, in Boldy's case, emerged so quickly. Got to think college to AHL is a quicker transition usually than juniors to AHL, but it depends. Will Bitten obviously has been very solid. He might be one of those guys who's kind of stuck in the in the you know stuck in the in the in between zone. We'll have to wait and see with that. That's what Gerald Mayhew was stuck. We'll see if Bitten can translate to the NHL someday. Luckily, he's only 22 still, uh, 22-23. We'll just have to wait and see with that. Ryan O'Rourke, guys like that, the success level. Dmitry Sokolov. I don't think he's caught on anywhere yet. Oh, yep, he's gone to the KHL. For Omsk Avangard. So we'll have to wait and see. Omsk Avangard. Cool. 
Well, good luck, Dmitry Sokolov. Maybe he will emerge extremely well going forward at the end of the day. So the leading goal scorer... Nope, let's wait one second. Yeah, the leading goal scorer for Minnesota will be Kirill Kaprizov. I think he does get 40 goals this year. I'm stepping on in a limb. I'm hoping for the best. But I think he can get 30, uh, 35 for sure. How about this? 35 for sure and up to 40 goals for Kirill Kaprizov for the Minnesota Wild this year. At the end of the day, uh, leading assist guy I already mentioned, Dumba, huge year for him. Huge year for Matt Dumba, obviously. I haven't even talked about defense at all. Huge year for Matt Dumba, of course. Kind of a let's-go type of year. Six million this year, six million next year, and then he's an unrestricted free agent in the summer of 2023. It's time to get things going again, Matt. You know, obviously he's had major success, but it's been a while, unfortunately. It's it's been a while, with all due respect. <clears throat> He had that 50-point season. Feels like 20 years ago now. 17-18 at the end of the day. 50-freaking-point season. Then he had the torn pectoral. And ever since, it's been 22 points, 24 points, 21 points last year in only 51 games because of the shortened season. But he stayed healthy during the regular season, which is really helpful. 69 games, though, in 1920. 24 points. That's it. Oh, uh, you know. That was a bummer. Off to you. He was off to a great start. 22 points in only 32 games before the pec injury. And then things were uh, sidelined a bit. Uh, he was sidelined forever that year. Uh, he was actually off to an even better pace before that. He played a few games near the end of the year, but it just wasn't a promising situation. He already had 12 goals at that stage. I think he'd only played in like 28 games or something. And 12 goals. That's extremely good. That way he would have crushed his career high in uh, goals for sure that year, and maybe even in points as well, depending on how he was projecting during the course of that season. And ever since then, Matt Dumba's been pretty mediocre. Uh, a little bit better when it comes to leadership and all that, and you know, setting a better example and making less mistakes, but you're going to get defensive gaffes all the time with players that are more offensive-minded, which Matt Dumba is. But when you're offensive-minded and your offense isn't clicking, well... $6 million isn't going to add up properly in that case, so he might wind up on another roster at some point. Maybe just go via free agency if the Wild can't get the requisite return in a trade involving Matt Dumba at the end of the day. <laughs> Wasn't that just fancy how I put that together? Jonas Gradine looking for continued, continued. He just gets better every year, doesn't he? Absolutely love Jonas Gradine. Every single year, this guy gets better, generally speaking. I mean, 23 points in only 53 games. He was good on the power play. He was scoring goals, nine goals last year. Really nice. Uh, you're seeing more and more offensive potential from Jonas Bourdain. He is arguably the best skater on the entire team. Obviously, Dumb is one of the best as well. But the Bourdain is the best skater on the entire team. Great, obviously, great defensive intelligence, this and that. He'll make plays that people just don't even understand until they're like, oh my God, he just did that? So, obviously, Jonas Bourdain's value is insane. Whenever he's missed time, ooh, it stings badly. Whenever Jonas Bourdain has missed time in the past. So, obviously, he's as valuable as they come. I think he's the top defenseman, personally. To be just to be quite fair, Jonas Bourdain's the best defenseman on the team. Alex Goligoski's had all kinds of uh, promise throughout his career. He was a fairly high pick, of course. Great skater. So you at least have three great skating defensemen for the Minnesota Wild. That's your big three right now, Alex Golikoski. He never really exploded in the NHL, but he did have a 42-point season for Dallas in 2013-14. And uh, other than that, he's like a 35-point guy, generally speaking. Very solid year last year. 
good power play guy and just a generally good skater brings a solid kind of overall game more offensive minded generally but he uh, again he, he brings an overall offensive game five million for one year and many expect him to re-sign for uh, significantly cheaper next year as his uh, unfortunately his years continue to add up at 36 with all his Kalagoski and then you got the uh, bottom pairing no well I mean Jared Spurgeon first though obviously he's the captain of the team he's Mr. Intangibles kind of does a bit of everything really appreciate what he brings I always thought he would have a 50 point season it looked like he was on the verge for that as he just continued to get better and better 38 points 37 points 43 points in 2018 19 dropped off a little bit but then again had a solid year last year after a slow start we'll see if he gets to 50 points but I I, I doubt it if he can get to 40 plus Jared Spurgeon that'd be pretty solid and of course again the intelligent intangible play that he brings he's like a super duper version of Brad Bumberdeer well with more offense I mean I just loved you know Brad Bumberdeer so much with that high IQ and when he was captain of the team, I thought the Wild played really well. Brad Bumberdeer back in the day. Uh, it's cool that he's the Wild developmental co- coach and all that. He's, he's in charge of that with uh, Matt Hendricks. And I believe Koivu might be helping out in that department at some point down the line. Wouldn't be surprised, actually, if that was the case. Miko Koivu will be joining the Wild's uh, organization as well. <laughs> Pretty cool. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Spurgeon, I mean brings a bit of everything. He just brings a bit of everything. That's why he's a really nice captain. And he he sets a fantastic example. It doesn't have to be the loudest voice in the room. It could be Dumb or Valino. Might as well defer to those guys when it comes to that. Uh, just that, that quiet leader, which, uh, which is what Jared Spurgeon is, obviously. And then you get to the uh, bottom pairings. Jordy Ben didn't have a very good preseason, generally speaking, but he's a good, solid 6th, 7th defenseman. Kulikov has been very solid, of course, again. A very high draft pick many years ago wound up being more of a solid def- third pairing type of guy when he was looked on to be at least like a third or fourth defenseman as a 14th overall pick from Florida back in 2009. Started okay offensively and really dropped off over the years on offense and just became an all defensive solid third pairing type of guy again. Not somebody you want to take 14th overall in the draft but well that wasn't us. John Merrill of course again really good in the locker room. Really solid leadership type of guy. He can kind of help make up for the Ian Cole loss along with Hulagov uh, and Jordy Ben. So they're kind of all working together to help make up for that loss of Ian Cole at a much cheaper price, unfortunately. Uh, again, he was a second-round pick, John Merrill, and he enjoyed a nice playoff run last year. No points in the 13 postseason games. No points in the regular season either in limited action uh, with, with Montreal anyway. He did have five points with Detroit before that. John Merrill, I'm sure a lot happier in Montreal going to the Stanley Cup Finals versus, you know, missing the playoffs entirely on a Detroit team that's still in transition and hoping for the best at the end of the day, generally speaking. Um, again, hoping that this team doesn't bank as much on Victor Rask as they did last year. Major frustration for all of us, putting him on the top line and all that, and on the power play, and on the top line, and on the power play. He was always out there. And when players would score goals, Victor Rask had very little to do with most of them, obviously. And when Victor Rask scored goals, the other player made a spectacular pass, this and that. I'm not trying to bash on Victor Rask. It's just, I'm not as much of a hater of him as other people. But at the same time, I understand people getting frustrated in a big way. Uh, But one more year. It is what it is. It's one more year. 
unless we pull off some type of a, a, a trade and somebody actually takes him on. I don't want to give up a high draft pick just for somebody to take him off of our hands. It's only one more year. It's only one more year. Yeah, it, it is. And, of course, again, luckily, this is the year we don't have to worry about the cap as much as we will in the coming years. Guys, and it gives time for Marco Rossi, Matt Boldy, Adam Beckman, and others to kind of germinate, so to speak, if that's the right word, to cure, so to speak, in in the, in the AHL, in the Iowa Wild, with the Iowa Wild this uh, this season. Don't be surprised if one or more of them are called up. Don't be surprised one bit at the end of the day. Brandon Zaheim, uh, him as well. I'm really hoping that uh, he gets significant time out there on that fourth line, even third line. I hope he isn't going to be considered the 13th forward, as I talked about earlier. It's going to be very, for me, it's a huge thing that uh, DeHaim does wind up with the Minnesota Wild in significant action. He is a bottom six player. I mean, it's easier for him to make the team because bottom six is always available. You know, I mean, he can beat out somebody else, this and that. And he's the kind of guy that can stick in the NHL for many, 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 many years. He's not somebody that has to be on the top line or top, you know, or top two lines or one of the power play units to really reach his full potential in the NHL. Uh, the Parkland native is more of a third line, fourth line guy in the NHL. He's going to have to start on the fourth line for sure. And from here, well, this is it. This is a golden opportunity for him to get rolling. Very excited. I just, again, I hope and pray that he's not going to be stuck in the in the, in the press box most of the year. That would be a huge waste, I think. Uh, we'll see. We'll just have to wait and see how things go. Not the largest guy, but certainly uses every ounce he's got on his body, and everybody appreciates what he brings at the end of the day. With that said, predictions at the end of the year, I think the Minnesota Wild finish in third place, and that may be a little bit a little bit optimistic at the end of the day. Arizona actually finished in first place, or while well, they're in first place right now, in the, <laughs> in the central standings for the preseason, but that just tells you Colorado's in last place, and Winnipeg's in second last place. Yeah, yeah, that makes no sense. But that's why it's the preseason, right? <laughs> I think Colorado finishes first, Winnipeg second, Minnesota third, Minnesota third. Fourth will be the St. Louis Blues. Dallas, Chicago will leak it out. And I think one of those two teams makes the playoffs. Yes, the Blackhawks can absolutely make the playoffs. I might be wrong here in a lot of ways. I mean, St. Louis... What will make things difficult for Minnesota making the playoffs is St. Louis, Dallas, Chicago, depending on how much Chicago improves with Mark andre Fleury. Uh, obviously, he's got incredible ability. He's getting older, but he's just, every year, he's still good. Every year, he's still got it. St. Louis, I don't know what to think about the St. Louis Blues. When they're good, they're really good. What scares me about the Blues is obviously when we play them, it's not good. It's always it's always bad. Like St. Louis always seems to beat the Minnesota Wild, despite an impressive comeback from 3-0 to win 4-3 and win in overtime with Beckman's goal. I just wish that was. I wish we could do that in the regular season or postseason, so to speak, with St. Louis. Wouldn't that be fun? That'd be great. Bennington was much better last year than he was in his sophomore year. He had a much better junior year, so to speak. His sophomore year was terrible. Uh, Man, yeah, when he had, when he had a goals against average during most of that season in like the the threes and such, and then he had a strong finish at least, which I suppose that's what Jordan Biddington's all about. But he was terrible in the postseason in 1920. Uh, there was a lot of hope with St. Louis going into that the bubble and all that, and then he gave up almost five goals a game. And then last year, St. Louis was whooping our butts and whooping everybody's butts. I picked them to go to the Cup final, 
I picked them to go to the cup final <laughs> and lose to, I can't remember if it was Tampa or I can't even remember who it was now. I'm blanking. It might have been Tampa. And then, or no, it was going to be like Boston was going to win it again. Because Boston was really emerging last year too. And both teams got whooped in the playoffs right away in the first round. 359 goals against average in the postseason, Bennington. So that's the thing. I mean, St. Louis, they had their year. They were unbelievable during the course of that time. Bennington had the magical season. 26 postseason games. Goals against average way down there. Uh, just a couple of crappy games would boost his goals against average over two. It would have been in the ones. Uh, and that's why he was a pretty nice Hans uh, Leith guy that year. Or at least I, I thought he was going to be until he wound up being Ryan O'Reilly, which is fine. Ryan O'Reilly was the leader and he was fantastic. Bennington could have gotten it, if not for a couple of icky games, I suppose. But St. Louis, I mean, uh, they've seen players come and go. Vladimir Tarasenko, it's just it's not been working out. Obviously, the last couple of years, he hasn't been able to stay healthy, and now there's a big divide. Might as well be like Ben Simmons of Philadelphia when it comes to Tarasenko and the Blues right now. Not a pretty situation. He doesn't want to play there anymore at all. Uh, Dallas is what they are. They had the second-place rookie of the year. Chicago again. Marc-Andre Fleury, who I almost was about to call him Theron Fleury. That would have been kind of weird. But uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, of course. So those are the teams that will give the Wild a hard time with making the playoffs. I still say the Wild overcome everything and do. I think the vibe is good in Minnesota. St. Louis is not really that good. It's kind of weird. Dallas is all over the place. Chicago. Chicago has owned us forever. <laughs> Though we've had some good regular season games against them. Postseason has been a completely different story. The internet's just falling asleep on me here. That's not good. Uh, but hmm. uh, Jonathan Taves sounds like he's ready to go. It's just, is he? How ready to go is he going to be when he missed an entire season with illness a year ago? So it's going to be very, very interesting to see how, how uh, Jonathan Taves emerges. He's been a wild killer forever. Every time Patrick Kane touches the puck against the wild, it's like, goal! You know, every time he's got any type of, uh, any type of space... And it's like, yeah, he's going to score, and he did. Yep, Patrick Kane scored. What a freaking shocker. What a stunner. Like, I can't believe he scored. Wow. Wow, very surprising. Uh, Tyler Johnson joined the Blackhawks recently. Seth Jones joined them. They got some nice players. They got some nice players. They've uh, changed a few. They, they've changed the guard a bit, of course. Um, to bring Cat continues to get better. Kirby Doc. Guys like that. Patrick Kane is still one of the best in the league. Even Adam Gaudet's a nice, solid player. So, unfortunately, they've had some injuries, but not guys way at the top, thankfully for them. It's going to going to be extremely fascinating. Uh, though, obviously, a lot of us in Minnesota are terrified of the thought of Chicago doing well. Tell, tell me about that one in a big way, and Dallas is what they are. But I still have Minnesota finishing third. I'm going to step out on a limb on that one. I think I'm going to go with Dallas instead of St. Louis. I'm I'm going to pick the Blues to miss the playoffs. I'm going to pick the Blues to miss the playoffs, the Blackhawks to be kind of hanging around this and that at the end of the day. Uh, but And then, of course, Arizona in last place. My, uh, <laughs> my overall season preview will stand, though, with, uh, yeah, a certain team winning the Cup. I'm going to shut up now and let you hear about that in the second segment. Again, Really looking forward to the season. Obviously, you get a chance for guys to get better in the AHL. Some of them, to like uh, Brandon DeHame, to emerge in the, in the NHL. 
and we'll see some call-ups. Maybe Boldy will get called up at some point, though now I think that's very unlikely for a while, for a long, long, long time, unfortunately. Maybe not until the spring or something. Uh, Rossi, we'll see. We'll see. We'll just have to wait and see what happens with Rask, guys like that, and, of course, Adam Beckman. With that said, we'll take us a quick break, and we will return for the season preview. back here on Brave the Wild, segment number two. We're going to look at predictions throughout the National Hockey League. Got a little reference here. I don't know if you can hear that sound. It's a little uh, flapping of paper. The Hockey News Yearbook. The Hockey News Yearbook. Yep. Hey, why not? Why not have a cheat sheet out here for uh, how things are going to go? They even have the whole playoff bracket set out here, so I'm just going to just copy it right on to you. No, I'm not. Uh, well, I could as long as I cite them, but, you know, you all got to have different opinions and such. They kind of have my dream matchup in the Stanley Cup Finals, Vegas versus the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Vegas Golden Knights finally winning the Stanley Cup. This publication loves the Vegas Golden Knights. I like the Knights, too. I like them a lot, obviously. Uh, got frustrated with them in the postseason last year. Wish the Wild could have finished the job. Almost did it, but, of course, we didn't. They have Minnesota finishing fifth. I, have, of course, have Minnesota finishing third in the Central Division. Colorado, number one. They have Winnipeg, number two. That's probably not a bad choice. It's interchangeable with St. Louis, Dallas, and Minnesota. I think all five of us do make the playoffs. I actually agree with that. Maybe I'm going to be wrong about the Blackhawks, but uh, I'll probably leave them right where they have them. Sixth and seventh for Nashville. Arizona, eighth. Very realistic. I mean, Arizona no longer has their goaltender. It's going to be interesting what happens in Arizona in the offseason. Anaheim Ducks won't come anywhere near the playoffs. They have some okay players. They have a really good goalie, but they're kind of wasting that guy's career. Anaheim Ducks have no chance to make the playoffs, nor do the Sharks. Seattle Kraken, will they be yet another uh, Will they be another expansion phenom like the Vegas Golden Knights? I don't think so. I think they'll be competitive, but I don't think so. They'll be competitive like the Minnesota Wild because there's definite names there. We'll talk about them a little bit. You know, it's like Arizona has some nice players, but it's, you know, it is what it is. Carter Hutton's their starting goalie. If he can do what he did in St. Louis a few years ago and help me win a championship, I believe he was on that team, or was it the year before? I think I, yeah, it was the year before when I finished second. Ugh, I lost in a tiebreaker. Carter Houghton was unbelievable with St. Louis. And then I won the title the next year with Kemper and Grubauer. That was freaking awesome. Kemper and Grubauer, very interesting names there. Of course, Grubauer ultimately does wind up with Seattle despite the contract mess, the, the issues there illegal contract, so to speak, and then uh, Colorado winds up with Darcy Kember. <clears throat> Crazy to imagine that. Definitely going to be an interesting rivalry there. Jacob Shikrin, guys like that with Arizona. I want Arizona to do well. You know, there's no real reason to not like Arizona other than losing to them in trap games, which is extremely annoying and frustrating. It's just dumb and annoying. <laughs> Anaheim Ducks, talk about, yeah, they're, they're what they are. Forget about the Ducks. They're not going to be a, a topic right now. On this, on this particular, in this particular preview, because I don't see them making the postseason. But uh, Winnipeg, I mean, I'm not as high on them as other people. They're certainly dangerous, and when they are good, they're 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 a big threat. But uh, I guess you know it's like Winnipeg, St. Louis. Uh, 
Winnipeg is definitely tough. I mean, Connor Hellebuck is one of the best goalies in the league. Blake Wheeler, a Minnesota native, obviously great career. Paul Stasny's back on the uh, on the Jets now. Yeah, Paul Stasny's on the Jets. Pardon me, I'm thinking about St. Louis. I don't know why I'm saying that. But, yeah, it's tall Paul Stasny to the Jets. Ellers, Kyle Connor, Pierre-Luc Dubois. Yep, that was earlier in the year. Andrew Kopp, guys like that. Josh Morsley, Neil Ponk, Nate Schmidt. Nate Schmidt, that's a nice addition there. Definitely in a big way. That's their main addition in the offseason. Winnipeg could definitely be a threat. <clears throat> I, I just can't ever imagine Winnipeg Jets Stanley Cup champions. So maybe some of you will have that uh, recorded someday and, and, and be able to wag it in my face when the Winnipeg Jets win three cups in a row or win one cup, whatever it is. I, I just, I don't know. I, I can't imagine that happening, but who knows? Gosh, they have Winnipeg losing in the second round in this publication. That sounds about right. Um, I can't really. It's funny. It's like the same four teams every year right now in the conference finals. I mean, well, not exactly, but it's like the essential four teams. You got Colorado versus Vegas, with Vegas winning the West. New York Islanders, that's right, New York Islanders versus the Tampa Bay Lightning, with Tampa Bay winning the East. That sounds familiar. That sounds really familiar. I hope the Islanders get it this time. Man, they, they literally lost by the skin of their teeth last year. It's like the the Tampa Bay Lightning were able to adjust no matter what it is. They want to open things up and score six goals or win one nothing against one of the grittiest teams in the league. Uh, well coached, obviously. Just a fantastic New York Islanders club. Unfortunately, could not get the job done. You could just see that they were heartbroken. They were so close. It was so close. They were like the Atlanta Braves to Tampa Bay's Minnesota Twins in 91. That's kind of what it was like. Uh, Pacific Division... I can agree with most of this. I mean, they have Vegas first, Edmonton second, Calgary third, Vancouver fourth. With that, with all the talent in Vancouver, it's going to be interesting. Of course, they have contract issues at the moment. Los Angeles Kings moving up to fifth, getting a little better again. Seattle Kraken sixth, Ducks seventh, Sharks eighth. Well, Vegas is going to win the division. I think that's a safe assumption. I probably should have gone to the east first, but uh, Vegas should win the division. The Oilers should be competitive. It's just, you just know when the playoffs come around, they'll lose. They actually have Calgary. They have the Battle of Alberta, Calgary, and Edmonton facing off in the first round, which actually would make sense, two versus three. And Calgary winning, which I would like very much. I like the Calgary Flames. I mean, it would be nice to see Edmonton go on a run as well, because if you like Connor McDavid and Drysdale, I mean, why not? But, uh, yeah, Larson is now a member. The, the, the guy they gave up Adam Hall for. <laughs> Adam Hall for... Larson is now on the, uh, it's just crazy, he's on the uh, Seattle Kraken. They have some nice defensemen in Seattle, and of course Grubauer, so it's going to be interesting. Let's talk about the Kraken here in a minute. It's just a cool-looking lineup. Um, Calgary, well, you know, they lost Giordano. They lost their captain, so that kind of is a tough situation. Uh, where do you go with the Calgary Flames? All right, they still have Johnny Goudreau. There was talk about trading him like three, four years ago. It never happened. Matthew Tachuk is... Pretty much like a franchise guy. Jacob Markstrom, obviously a very good goalie. Never even heard of their backup goalies at the moment. I apologize for that, but this is not a flame show. So <laughs> Dan Vladar and Adam Werner. Adam Warner. Um, Blake Coleman, Tyler Pit Pitlick. Tyler Pitlick, son of Lance. Yes, we know who Lance Pitlick is, of course, former gopher. And Tyler Pitlick also. Played with the gophers. Or with the Rem. I, I, I'm getting them all mixed up. There's Rem Pitlick. I think there's Two or three of them right now. Uh, Rem Picklick did play for the Govers for sure. I don't remember if Tyler did, actually. He's a little bit older, but he'll be on the third line at the moment with the Calgary Flames. 
I don't know. They 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 have them moving up, but they weren't that good last year. I don't know if they're going to be third. Honestly, I, the only reason would be because the rest of the Pacific Division isn't all that hot. When you think about it, and Vancouver could be very dangerous. I've got a sneaky feeling Seattle's going to be in the mix a little bit. I think they're going to be in the mix for a while. I, I, I just do. Obviously, there's so many wily veterans on that roster. Jaden Schwartz, Yanni Gord, <laughs> Jordan Eberle with the, the New York Islanders for a very long time. Mark Giordano, Jamie Olek, Olekusik has been unbelievable. Adam Larson, Vince Dunn, Carson Soucy. Carson Soucy is a name that a lot of people lately... Yeah, it's like we, we almost forget about Carson Soucy missing from the Minnesota Wild roster, which obviously is a big bummer. Carson Soucy should be a nice, you know, third third pairing, even second pairing for the Sea Monsters. Uh, we'll see what happens to the Seattle Sea Monsters at the end of the day in the Western Conference. <clears throat> it's going to be fun to keep up with this. Colorado finally going to break through and just go out and win the Stanley Cup. Is it time to just say, it's over, the, the wait's over, Colorado. We're going to win the Stanley Cup now. You know, none of this choking in the playoffs, nobody getting injured at the last second, you know, something like that. Or just, what the hell, Vegas was just the better team for some reason. They just wanted it more. Or whoever else wanted it more. Or Grubauer got hurt again. Or McKinnon, you know, got hurt. Or whatever the heck it was. Um, Kale McCarr, yeah, I mean, they have two of the best, absolute best players in the National Hockey League right there in Colorado. And then, of course, Grubauer being gone doesn't help. Uh, you'd rather have Grubauer than Darcy Camper, but Grubauer... Maybe a little bit more injury-prone. Before I get back to kind of the teams, I want to talk very briefly. Pardon me for just changing course here in the middle of the stream here, changing horses. The top 50, also in this in this uh, magazine, this publication. Top 50, number one, Connor McDavid. Nathan McKinnon's a notable for number two. Kucherov, three. Matthews and Kill McCarr's number five. So they have two of the top five players in the National Hockey League, according to this publication, in Colorado. Leon Dreisaitl's ranked number eighth. So just kind of mentioning some... Uh, Sidney Crosby dropped all the way down to 10th. That's funny. Hellerbuck looked as pretty much the best goalie in the league right now, along with Vasilevsky, who's number 7th. Hellerbuck is 12th. Hedman, elite, obviously 11th. Matt Burstall, I'm a big fan of his. Number 18th. So three top 20 players in the league for Colorado now, with Miko Ratnan coming in at 20th. Can you imagine that? Pasternak of Ottawa, number 21. Mark Stone, a notable guy I always talk about all the time is number 19th for the, the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. He might be a little better. I don't know. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, 27th. Wow, for the Blackhawks. Ranked only three spaces behind Patrick Kane. Patrick Kane, 24th. Hmm, that might be a little low. Elias Pettersson. You notice I haven't named any wild players yet, including a certain guy that got a big contract. Not yet. Pettersson, number 30th for Vancouver. Darnell Nurse, 29th. He is good. He's really good, but... I don't know, man. I'm, I'm going to keep saying it. Nine million a year. I, 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 okay, okay. Kirill Kaprizov is number thirty-fifth, ranked one spot behind John Tavares, and one spot ahead of Philip Grubauer. Uh, he's ahead of Jack Eichel, according to this publication. Jack Eichel's thirty-eighth, but of course injuries and such might derail that number a little bit. He's got yeah, a lot of notable players, including Malkin, but of course again injuries, injuries, folks, injuries. Matthew Tachuk, of course, he's ahead of him. Carey Price, obviously, has had some great moments, but he's had health up and down, up and down over the years. Uh, the Wild only have one player in the top 50. We used to have Suter in there all the time. The 50th player is Ryan Pollock of the New York Islanders. If you're curious, Kopitar, Anzi Kopitar, 
48th for Los Angeles. That's another big notable that uh, Kirill Kaprizov is actually ahead of. Marc-Andre Fleury, obviously, is a really good goaltender, and he's going to make things very interesting with the Blackhawks. Could make them a playoff contender, especially if Jonathan Taves is healthy and ready to rock and roll. Uh, if Jonathan Taves is anything like he's been in the past, and then you add uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, and Patrick Kane keeps doing what he does, and some of those young, talented players like Kirby Dock and such, such with Chicago emerge, well, I, I don't think they're, they're going to be a cup contender again. They're going to be very dangerous. They're going to be a playoff contender, no doubt about that, in my opinion. Eastern Conference, Tampa Bay and Florida. I'm, I have no qualms with those two picks uh, at the top of the Atlantic Division. Toronto, Boston, Montreal, Ottawa, Detroit, and Buffalo. Detroit should start getting a little better. Buffalo is just an absolute mess. I mean, they were back in the 90s. I looked at the Buffalo Sabres as one of the more respectable organizations in the National Hockey League, or now it's like not really. Uh, I hated the brand change during the Hasek era. That was funny. That was like the best era for Buffalo. They were a cup contender back in those days, in the late 90s with Dominic Hasek. But the logo was, it was okay. But I like the classic look, that kind of, that, that blue, royal blue with the yellow and the, and the swords. Sabres, swords, yeah. Those things. Those, those, those sharp things. Um, <laughs> I like them. I mean, I, I like that look much better. It's just too bad during the time nowadays. It's not been good. But they had some great players back in the day, like La Fontaine and such, back in the good old days, in the 80s and 90s. A team I respected a lot back in those days. I was scared of them. I mean, uh, was it who was their goalie during that time? It wasn't Hasek, but I mean the guy before him. Why am I thinking of Darren Poopa? But I thought he was on Tampa. I'm blanking. I'm not sure. I remember Darren Poopa. That was a funny name. <laughs> but, man, I used to think Buffalo Sabres. You know, that's a tough team. My favorite thing about that, though, is you know how teams always have related minor league affiliates like the Minnesota Wild and the Iowa Wild. How creative. Or the Vegas Golden Knights and the Silver Bishops. Okay, Silver Bishops is just a mean nickname. Now it's the Silver, Silver Knights in... Uh, is it Reno, Nevada? No, Henderson, Nevada. Henderson, Silver Knights. Silver Bishops is just making fun of them. That's what people like to make fun of the Knights there. Obviously, I'm sure a lot of people have heard that. Uh, but uh, guess what? Uh, guess what Buffalo's? <laughs> guess what Buffalo's minor league affiliate was back in the day for for a, uh, an extended period of time. The Cincinnati Swords. The Swords. Cincinnati Swords. Uh, that's funny. I just I just find that hilarious. <laughs> and the reason, and where I'm getting swords from was uh, Sean Connery's bit on, well, it's not really Sean Connery. What was that guy's name? Daryl Hammond, I believe, was the guy on Saturday Night Live back in the 90s when they had Celebrity Jeopardy, and he was playing Sean Connery. And one of the categories was S-words, and he kept saying, take swords, swords. <laughs> a lot of you probably remember that. Some do, some don't. Maybe you have to be a little older. Look it up on YouTube, since nowadays you can do that. Metropolitan Division, New York Islanders, and Carolina Hurricanes. I think the Hurricanes win that division. I think the Hurricanes win that division, but the New York Islanders will be right there. Maybe the Islanders do. Whatever. I think it's interchangeable. I love both of those teams. I just I just love both of them. I hope either one of them wins the East. You know, I, I, I love Tampa, but they've won two Cubs in a row now. It's someone else's turn, damn it. It's, it's somebody else's turn. I'd like to see the Islanders or the Canucks, uh, the Hurricanes win. I'd like to see the Wild win it, of course. No kidding. But are we in serious condition for the Cup? I'm not so sure. So sure, pardon me. They have Pittsburgh missing the playoffs and Philadelphia making it. Hmm. Chuck Fletcher's squad making it over the Pittsburgh Penguins. That's possible. I mean, it's 
the penguins are kind of uh, I'm sorry, Hoppy Scott of the uh, the soda pod. I don't know because uh, he became a peng- he, he was a Penguins fan in his early days because well yeah I mean there was no uh, North Stars. He grew up a little bit later than I did when there was no North Stars. That weird in between period in the mid to late nineties with no North Stars, no Wild. So he was a Penguins fan during that time, and I don't blame him. That was a the Penguins were so good. I mean they had so many cool players back then. But uh, just just Mario Lemieux in general was enough for me. I just loved him as well. But I didn't completely uh, ally with the Pittsburgh Penguins there. <laughs> I just liked him. Um, but uh, yes, I apologize for uh, saying this. But yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they missed the playoffs as well. New Jersey, it's like they keep getting these high-end picks and nothing happens. It, it, Nico Hershier, like, when's it going to happen? Let's go, let's go, Hershier. It's been like three or four years now. You know, I know I sound terrible. Obviously, everybody develops differently, but I'm just not seeing anything. I mean, some of these top picks just don't do a whole lot. Uh, Obviously, New York Rangers, exciting young pick just a year ago. We'll see what happens. They're missing the playoffs in this publication as well. I don't truly disagree with that. I mean, you got Washington, Philadelphia. Philadelphia should make it if Carter Hart can keep his head on straight. Philadelphia should make the playoffs. Carolina absolutely needs to make the postseason. I mean, come on. Come on, Carolina. There's no reason they shouldn't. Boston's a team I wouldn't be surprised if they miss. Obviously, they moved on with uh, Tuka Rask. Jeez, Tuka Rask is just kind of floating out there. I feel bad for him. Frederick Anderson, the former Toronto Maple Leafs goaltender, is now the goalie of the Carolina Hurricanes with Antti Ranta, who can't stay healthy or stinks at times, but when he's good, he's really good. He's one of those kind of guys that you don't know what the hell to expect. Anti Ranta, he's a good backup when he's there. Ian Cole is, has joined their bottom two, uh, their their third pairing there in defensemen. Brady Sky, Ashe, Brett Pess, and uh, Jacob Slavin, defenseman. Anthony Bear, Tony D'Angelo, also guys there in defense. Uh, Sebastian Aho is a stud. Vincent Trachek. Derek Stepan will be joining the fourth line. Tuevo Terevenin, guys like that. So, Svetnikov, man, it's a beautiful team, but uh, the East is probably, it's, it's probably going to be the Islanders or the Tampa Bay Lightning again, which sounds really boring, but it's boring in terms of how it's repetitious. Now, don't get me wrong, they're two wonderful teams. Is Florida going to go on a playoff run? I mean, maybe they should. Obviously, they have the, uh, they have a hell of a group of players. The goalies... Uh, the term on that contract is insane. Especially when you draft Spencer Knight. That's what I don't understand with the uh, the Florida Panthers. Spencer Knight's considered the backup at the moment, though. He looks like he's going to be on the NHL roster, which is really nice. Wow, that didn't take too long. Sergey Bobrovsky, Aaron Ekbod, guys like that. Aaron Ekbod, but Bobrovsky, of course, that huge contract, which is a little silly. The Sam Reinhardt acquisition was uh, it should be a really good one for them. And Joe Thornton, Joe Thornton, ancient Joe Lou. Ancient Joes going to Florida, which a lot of old retirees go to, <laughs> or Phoenix, you know, places like that, yeah, in the NBA or hockey or whatever the heck sport. Sam Bennett and Sam Reinhardt, or uh, Sam Bennett, uh, Sam Reinhardt acquired Sam uh, Sam Bennett. So the two Sams <laughs> joining the <laughs> Florida Panthers could could be a big help. Anton Lindell, remember that guy. Anton Lindell, guy we've been talking about, he'll be centering the third line, at least at the uh, you know in the early projected depth chart for the Florida Panthers. Hell of a hell of a group of players. Obviously, Hubadoro is way up at the top. Let's get to the actual postseason predictions if I can humanly possibly do that. 
Where do I have the Wild ending up in the postseason? It's so hard to, you know. Jeez. You know, uh, they have us They have us losing to Vegas again in the first round with Vegas again going to the final and winning the whole thing. So at least we lose to the future champ where last year we did not. We lost to a team that got to the conference finals and died. And died again for two, uh, the second year in a row to an upstart team like Dallas the year before. And Montreal this last year. Montreal Canadiens are an absolute mess right now with a lot of weird stuff going on. Lots of weird stuff going on. Is Colorado finally going to break through? I'm, it's hard to say. I think the Islanders finally break through. I think the New York Islanders finally go to the Stanley Cup final where they will be, well, let's say, who will they be facing off against in the Eastern final? Boston. No, hell no. It's not going to be Boston. It's not going to be Boston. I think Florida breaks through. I think it's Florida versus the Islanders, and the Islanders go to the Cup final. I think Florida somehow, someway knocks Tampa off in the second round. I think the, uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning are dethroned in the second round. Kind of like the Bulls were dethroned in 92. No, 92, 94 in the NBA by New York in the second round. It'll be a team like that. Uh, Pittsburgh Penguins, I forgot how they got dethroned. I think it was by Washington, wasn't it? Yeah, they got dethroned by Washington in the second round. And then the Washington Capitals won the Stanley Cup in 2018. Yep, that's who it was. Washington's not winning the Cup this year. New York Islanders will be in the final. And it's going to be... The Calgary Flames? No, I think it's going to be... Uh, I'm having such a hell of a time. Is it going to be Vegas or Colorado? I think that's who it's going to be in the conference final. They have Winnipeg getting to the second round. I don't disagree with that. In this in this, in this this setup, yeah, it'd be Vegas versus uh, Minnesota. If I have Minnesota third, though, I think it's going to be different, obviously. Third place. We'll probably end up playing like Winnipeg or St. Louis. I think the Wild get out of the first round versus either one of those teams in a six or seven game like playoffs. I think we take one step forward and then do not win the next round to either Colorado or Vegas. That will be the conference final. Colorado and Vegas will be the conference final. We'll get beat by one of those two teams. Probably Colorado, I think. I think Colorado knocks the Wild off in like six or something. God forbid. And then I don't know. Vegas just hasn't proven it, have they? Have they? Neither has Colorado. But Colorado's got so much star power that they're going to break through. They're going to win a Stanley Cup soon. I think they go to the final. Colorado versus the New York Islanders in the Cup final. Oh, my. Oh, oh my. Do the Islanders win their fifth? Do the Colorado Avalanche win their third? Flip a coin. No, not really. I guess this is it. I guess Colorado breaks through and wins the Cup. Colorado breaks through and wins the Cup. I'd love to see the Islanders do it. Maybe they will. Maybe they will, but I'm going to pick Colorado to win the Stanley Cup this year. Oh, my heart, my aching soul. No, not Colorado, but there's just too much star power. They're destined to win, and we're going to see Darcy Kemper hold a Stanley Cup. He's going to be either a hero or a goat boy, let me tell you. He's not the goat. He's not the goat, but he'll be a hero or a goat, as in, like, the other kind of goat, the bad kind, not the greatest of all time, because he can't be the greatest of all time. It's too late in his career for that. At least I would think so. Unless he gets like nine shutouts in the playoffs or something and does it like the next eight years in a row or something. Then then, then he's the greatest of all time. But um, as of right now, Colorado Avalanche win the Cup. I'm stunned. I'm stunned that I even came to that conclusion as I was doing this. But it's, yes, that's kind of where I've leaned towards. Sometimes I like to do this kind of stuff on the fly because it feels more fresh and more raw. It's more raw. Like, it's just right It's just right off of the, the vine, so to speak. Boom! It's very. It's as fresh as it can get. 
the Colorado Avalanche. Just an opinion that developed over the course of just looking things over and developing it. There's just too much talent. If they they, they got to win at least once. This group, McKinnon, uh, Landeskog, Kale McCarr, Darcy Kemper. <clears throat> Guys like that. Darcy Kemper winning a Stanley Cup. Darcy, well, Gabrick did. <laughs> Darcy Kemper winning a Stanley Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's possible. He ended up being damn good after he left the Wild. Just like other players in other sports. And, and this sport, too. Like Alex. Yeah, let's stop talking about that one. That's been beaten to death. Darcy Kemper. Darcy Kemper. Darcy frickin' Kemper. Oh, I can't believe it. <laughs> Colorado wins the Cup in seven frickin' grind em out games. Back and forth. It's going to be super offense versus super defense. But unfortunately for New York, I think the super offense is just a little bit too much. Maybe it won't be. Maybe the super defense will stymie and frustrate. and they, Or maybe the Avalanche player gets hurt again. Or they just don't get the job done at the end of the day. Maybe uh, New York pulls out what the Vegas Golden Knights did last year. And uh, pull it off. Pull it off some, one way or another. But obviously the scouting never ends for these teams and these franchises. Colorado Avalanche win the Stanley Cup in 2022 at the end of the day. With that said, again, Minnesota gets to the second round. We take a step forward, and hopefully going into the next year, we get to the next round or even the round beyond that, and the ultimate goal is finally attained one of these bleeping years, hopefully. And it would be nice if Kevin Fiala were on the lineup when the Wild do it. With that said, we'll take a quick break and return for a fun, entertaining fan interaction segment. back here at Fan Interaction segment for Brave the Wild. Huge thank you to Derek Felska of Crease and Assist at Crease and Assist. Do look that up for the Sports Daily, obviously, and all that. That's where that publication is. Crease and Assist has been around for years and years and years. Used to be the state of hockey, and of course the Minnesota Wild gave Derek a hard time, and blah, blah, blah. Lots of fun there, I suppose. I was able to write bits and pieces in an article recently where he was uh, hearing from Six of us, Wild fans, <clears throat> Justin Bakke included on that list. Very, very cool. Justin Bakke, of course, of MNW Prospects. I'm very happy to be a part of that as well. Though I might be <laughs> I might be kind of off in the distance right now because there hasn't been uh, prospects playing in the queue, as they say, the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League or the BCHL lately. Big fan of both of those, and I'm very, very proud to be able to cover those four MNW Prospects. But uh, I'm sure... Things will be delegated in my direction in not-too-distant future. Uh, major shout-outs there. Again, also to uh, Pavel Bonnet, of course. He's the one that started that up. Justin, uh, yeah, Pavel Bonnet, Justin Bakke, Brandon Quast, and myself. Very, very happy to be a part of that and retweeting and interacting and such. Funny little, oh, it just went away. Well, I remember what it said. Okay, well, yep, the Minnesota Wild Prospects. Wild prospects and young players and all that just retweeted this out from Michael Russo. Brandon DeHaim has won the final forward job. Minnesota Wild have made final cuts. Adam Beckman, Marco Rossi, and Kalen Addison have been assigned to Iowa. Rostered on the 22, excluding the recalled Hammond. Matt Boldy will open the non, non-roster injured player, no cap hit, AHL salary. Yes, sir. 
Um, Michael Russo also had a funny tweet that I was just about to read. I can paraphrase it if it comes up. In fact, it was very short. Okay, yep, Garen under him. He means business. He's ready. That's Bill Garen. Uh, there it is. That's the one I wanted to kind of chuckle at. Garen said Beckman and Rossi took their conversation really well, but Dehame took it really well. Yep, all caps. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure he did. Yep, I'm sure he did take it really well. He's going to the NHL. Congratulations. It's been fun seeing him all the way from Providence. I remember keeping up with him on this show for years with, uh, you know, the uh, prospect segment. Very, very fun. Very, very exciting. Of course, now the prospects will be in Iowa. And, of course, there'll be younger guys and juniors and overseas and such. We'll keep up during the course of the season. This episode is mostly about previewing the year and, of course, now fan interacting. And we'll get deeper into the prospects in the following episodes coming up. Of course, the release of this show will be sporadic in November because of the lawn cleanup season. And after that's all done, it'll be a weekly deal, just like it had been before on Thursdays, as I'll try my best to keep up with that throughout the season like I have the last few. Used to be a Saturday morning show, and I'm like thinking, Saturday morning? Nah, Thursday, man. Thursday's a perfect fit. Started from Thanksgiving one year, and I'm like, I'm going to keep it on Thursdays, as I always, always record Brave the Wild on Thanksgiving every year. And now that it's a, th- that it's a Thursday show, it's going to be on Thanksgiving, all right. <laughs> one way or another, whether I like it or not, right? And I do like it. Let's get to what you guys had to say. I'm babbling like an idiot, and you're probably sick of hearing it. <sighs> hashtag BTWMN. Hashtag BTWMN. Yeah, let's go there to kind of get things organized, hopefully. Of course, I'm going to have to scroll down a bit to get it more organized. Brian Herrera. This is back in, uh, wow, July 30th. I think I read that one, though. I'll read it anyway. He was saying, oh, no, he, he just retweeted it and hashtag BGWN when Derek was saying he was listening to the Rave of the Wild. That July 30th show <clears throat> did pretty well. That was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed doing that show. It was awesome. Uh, and the weather was interesting. It was nice and dry, but there was smoke everywhere, and that was before I contracted a little bit of COVID, unfortunately, but I'm a million times better, and I never really was in any danger, in my opinion. I never felt any danger, thank God. Derek, let's get to where I need to be. Posted that he'd listened to the latest episode because, see, the last show, I didn't put out the bad signal because I figured I'd save what everybody has to say for now. Uh, yeah, I mean, it just kind of is what it is, and I wanted to kind of, it was a spur-of-the-moment thing with the Kirill Kaprizov signing. Derek was saying, listen to Brave the Wild's latest episode about the signing of Kirill Kaprizov and what it means moving forward. Shared some sound bites as well as some Minnesota Wild banter from Charlie Latizma. Also, check it out. Got wild question? Ask Brave the Wild and tag it, hashtag BGWMN. And all of you can do that at any time, and it'll be totally fine. I finally, my idiot self finally realized how to put it in order. It's something called latest. Yeah, I just tapped latest after hashtag BWMN and then it works. That's all I had to do all this time. And yeah, well, thanks a lot for telling me, guys. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Derek Felska says, got a question burning on your mind after some of the latest roster moves and discussion as they get ready for the 2021-2022 NHL season. As Brave the Wild, just tag your questions, hashtag BTWMN and fire away. Please retweet. Yep, yep, and thank you guys. That did. Some of you didn't. Some of you clicked like, but you're just, uh, but those of you that did retweet, thank you so much. I know not a number of you did. Derek Felska says, what did you think of the decision to pick Rem Pitlick up off waivers? Well, he's a skilled forward. We have other skilled young forwards in the system. 
Why block off other players who busted their tail in Iowa to give him the roster spot? That's a good question, Derek. I'm thinking, yeah. I, I don't think everybody's happy about that one. I, I don't. I like Rem Pitlick, and I loved him on the Gophers. Absolutely loved him on the Gophers. But it's like, here, this, this, this spot's yours, buddy. Or, buddy. Three points in the NHL. Three points in the NHL. That's an argument you can come back with in a heartbeat. Three points in the NHL. I mean, it's that simple. But some of them, maybe it's just they're so young that obviously they want them to continue to develop in the AHL. Guys, obviously, Rossi never played a single AHL game yet. Not one. He hasn't played in, you know, uh, professional hockey until just recently for, you know, like like a, a year. In fact, he was in junior hockey and never really officially played professional hockey at all other than uh, with his country a bit there during the World Championships. Um, yeah, I mean, see, I'm, I'm glad that it was Duhame. I'm glad it was him because that's a guy that absolutely paid his due. Absolutely did. Beckman... He played just a few games in the AHL so far. Boldy, just a few games. And now he got hurt anyway, damn it. Damn it! And yes, he got hurt. Yes, he got hurt. Four to six weeks, like I was saying in the first segment. <sighs> he sucks. Um, so, I mean, I don't feel as bad, necessarily. If Matt, if De, if Brandon DeHame, I almost called him Matthew. God. Matt, uh, Brandon DeHame wound up not... If he wound up not making it, I, I, I would have felt terrible for him at the end of the day. So I'm glad it was him. I'm glad he's the one that made it. That's the guy that paid his dues. And he's an NHL player. I, I, I agree with the uh, the decision with that. Rem Pitlick, I, I guess. I guess. The good news is he's, he's young, though. It's not like he's 29 and he's been a career AHLer. No, he's on the team now. So, But then again, I suppose somebody like that would have paid their dues as well. They kind of all did, I guess, in their own way. Louis Belpedio, that's a guy that paid a lot of dues and barely ever got a chance. And I believe he's down to the... Uh, he was put on waivers by Montreal. And ultimately, I'm guessing he's going to wind up in the AHL. Ugh, come on. Poor Louis. You know, I kind of liked Louis. I always thought he would at least fit in... See, he's a defenseman that would be okay on the third pairing, where, you know, it's obvious why... Kaylin Edison isn't in the NHL right now. You got just you know it's just, you got four really legitimate defensemen right now, and you don't want to put Kaylin Edison on the third pairing, just like you don't want to put Rossi, Boldy, Beckman on the fourth line, even though that'd be the greatest fourth line ever, so to speak. But they would be the fourth line, and they would get manhandled physically by another fourth line, so to speak. It'd be kind of like a like a mix, uh, a tough situation. Of course, they wouldn't necessarily go against the fourth line every time but maybe a, a tough, rough and tough third line, this and that as well. So it just wouldn't be a good fit. They wouldn't get any, they wouldn't get the uh, the time on ice that they need, so to speak, to really be successful. And they wouldn't be put in the uh, proper position like power plays and such. Blobity, freaking blob, itty blah. Long answer, longer, sorry. Uh, yeah, it's a complicated deal. We'll see what happens with Ram. Maybe he's going to wind up in Iowa. They could, they could always send him down to Iowa. They could, and that could easily happen. Next one from Derek is Capo Kakinen continued to look pretty shaky, especially against the St. Louis Blues. Andrew Hammond was arguably even worse in the preseason than Kakinen. Should we be concerned about our goaltending or not? Right now, no, but yeah. <laughs> Black space, that would be Sebastian Barton says, thank God for Cam. Again, Cam Talbot, of course, and I second that, no doubt. <sighs> I think Kakinen's okay. 
I do. I'm a little annoyed with his up and down, back and forth. And we saw that in Iowa. But as he continued to make strides, he just kept getting better and better and better. That's that's where I'm encouraged about Capo Kakinen. I think he's going to continue to get better and better. So I'm not super worried yet. We'll just have to wait and see how things go. If he struggles for the next month or two into the regular season, then I'm going to start worrying a little bit. We don't want him to be another Darcy Kemper, so to speak. And then he winds up on another team and ends up being way the heck better, which is classic Minnesota Wild. I didn't even talk about this guy. Merit Kuznetinov. I guess I did talk about him on the last episode. Merit Kuznetinov, Kuznetinov continues to play well in the KHL for SKA <laughs> St. Petersburg. That was a little easier. Do you think he'll be treated like Boldy Rossi and Beckman and likely get sent to the minors when he comes over next season? Or will he get the Kaprizov treatments? Kaprizov treatments. Will he get the Kaprizov treatments? Uh, I'm not sure about that. Uh, the, I'm not sure if Kuznetinov... Uh, okay, sorry. Um, I think... I think, I think they're going to be consistent about it for the most part. See, Kaprizov, 24. Who's Nadinov, like, what, he, what? What is he, like, maybe 20? So that's the thing. I'm, uh, I, I think, I, honestly, I think that he's more likely to wind up in the AHL at the end of the day, at least at the beginning. And it kind of depends on, it kind of depends on how things go, I guess, at the end of the day with Kuznetinov. Is he really, truly NHL ready? So that's how things go there. It it kind of depends on his development. Yeah, he's still 19 years of age. Wow. Until July 17th, 2002. So, see, Kaprizov was clearly ready. He played in the pros already. This is what could help Kuznetinov's case because he is playing pro hockey now, and he's he's uh, that's the one thing that could help his case. He's in the KHL now. Not just 12 little quick games and two points and then the doggone shoulder injury that's in that. But now now we got something going on. Obviously, he's a fantastic skater. Oh, long story longer. I'm going back and forth. Okay, I'm going to go with the Kaprizov treatment. Okay, are you ready for that? I'm going with the Kaprizov treatment. Though, don't be surprised if he's in the AHL for like a month or something just to get a cup of coffee and then NHL, that kind of thing. He probably won't spend a whole year in the AHL, K, uh, AHL, pardon me, AHL, KHL, NHL. He won't spend a whole year there, but uh, yeah, it's going to be kind of an in-between deal. <sighs> but I think he's, I'll lean Kaprizov more than I would lean towards, uh, you know, these guys need to develop in the AHL, that type of thing. Because he actually has is playing professional hockey. He's kind of getting his AHL experience right now, in a way, because the KHL is really good. KHL is good. If you can succeed in the KHL, you're probably going to make it in the NHL. Probably. Chances are uh, that he will. Derek Felska, Wild owners, wild owner Craig Leopold has recently discussed how he felt Ryan Suter and Zach Parise's time here were not a mistake. Do you agree with that, or did they fail to do what they'd hoped for, i.e. bring us a Stanley Cup? They definitely failed. I... They definitely failed. The, the 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 hugest flaw of all was the term of the contracts. The amount is one thing. It didn't completely break the bank, but the term was stupid. It, it set the team up for huge issues later on. And we're still paying for it, literally. We're literally still paying for it, and we're going to for the next three, four years here. 
So that's extremely frustrating at the end of the day. Uh, you know, and ultimately it's going to be a lot more than three, four years. It's going to be the three, four years is the major hit. Then you get the small like eight hundred thousand per player after that. Um, thankfully, which isn't going to murder the team necessarily. They definitely failed in terms of they couldn't even get out of the second round, and and it was the same bleeping team that kept knocking them out. It was just the same annoying New York Yankees syndrome that Minnesota teams have gone through forever. It, it's just so damn frustrating. Los Angeles Lakers are the Wolves, Chicago Blackhawks with the Wild, New York Yankees with the Twins, and the Timberwolves didn't even sniff the playoff. Well, yeah, they did. What am I talking about? Uh, Vikings, Green Bay Packers at the end of the day and a lot of times. Big games against the Packers and then everything goes down the toilet at times. So, like a, you know, like that big moment, so to speak, for the Vikings and the Packers come in and F it all up for us. That type of thing. Uh, it's just a classic Minnesota or, a, or an East Coast team like the uh, Giants or the Philadelphia Eagles derail the Vikings' hopes at a magical season. This and that. Uh, they just they were just classic Minnesota at the end of the day. Classic Minnesota, you know, calendar of calamity, all that crap. I think it was a mistake in, in that sense. It was not a mistake in the sense of you can, you know, you, you finally, you, you, you got the fan base, just, you, you got a jolt into the fan base where fans would come to the seats, uh, come, come to the games, sell out games again because things were really starting to get stale. Obviously, when you had lineups that were completely lacking, like your best player might have been, you know, <laughs> might have been Rem Pitlick years ago. That's how things were going for a minute there. But more likely, like a Matt Cullen, he was like your best player. Great, you know, like he was like one of your best players. He was so good one of those, uh, a, a few of those years. Have led, obviously, guys like that. But that wasn't selling tickets. You know, Koivu wasn't selling tickets. He's okay, but he's not jumping out at you. He's really not anti-Mietan and Kyle Brodziak. You know, they're, they're solid players, but they don't sell tickets like Zach Parisi, Ryan Suter, guys like that. So I can understand that take where, hey, you know, the business was suffering. It needed to be rebranded a bit and uh, get some real names here. Finally, it's taken us our whole damn lives here to do. And here they are. There you go. Let's let's do this, guys. <laughs> That's kind of what happened in that sense. Um, as much as everybody loved Andrew Burnett, he wasn't necessarily a huge seller either. Not necessarily. Not without Marion Gabrick. It was a beautiful combination with them many years ago with Jim Dowd way back in the day. That was a fun line to watch. But um, yeah, it, it was I understand the business side of it, but long-term success it just wasn't meant to be. And It seemed like the minute Zach Parisi suited up with the Wild it was like, yeah yeah, sure he's an Olympian, but if he's on the Olympic team, he's, he's like third or fourth line. You know, he's, he's, he's not a star, you know. He's, he's a gritty player. He's a gritty guy that scores goals. You know, he's not a star. But you're paying him like a star. And they, they certainly were, particularly with that type of a term. And at the time, you know, the, the amount was closer to being a, a legitimate star. It'd be like probably about the equivalent of about $10 million now. At least nine, which is what uh, Kirill Kaprizov is making. Imagine if Kaprizov was signed for $9 million, 13 years. You'd be happy that Kirill Kaprizov signed. But for 13 years, you'd be like... Ooh, ooh, yeah. You know, we don't know what's going to happen over the course of 13 years. We don't know what's going to happen. Some type of injury that, that, you know, slows his career way, way the heck down. Doesn't end his career, but Fs it up. You know, Neil Broughton wasn't a stud the last seven, eight years of his career. He was a stud in the earlier stages of his career, back in the 80s. By the 90s, he wasn't anymore. He, he was banged up. He wasn't the same guy. And that's what happened. Zach Parisi, banged up. Not the same guy. Not the same guy. Suter, 
was always a super solid guy, but there was the other side of him that uh, wasn't really good in the locker room. So it just felt like it wasn't really thought over well. It was just like, oh my God, Parisi, one of the bigger names out there, and he's Minnesota. He's the face of Minnesota. He almost looks like Joe Maurer a little bit. And Suter kind of looks, he looks kind of like Justin Morneau too. But obviously, you know, he's a really good player. Didn't matter about that. I'm just messing around. Um, but they had about as much playoff success as Maurer and Morneau. <laughs> slightly more, slightly. Uh, Dr. Kevin Lookow says, do the Wild like playing hockey? Yeah, this group does. This group likes to play hockey, Kevin Lookow. <laughs> yeah, they do. This group does. The previous group, I was... That, that'd be a really good question, actually, in the the Suter Parisi era. It made you wonder a little bit sometimes. Some of them. Some of them were very questionable. Let's keep going. I'm babbling too much, even though I'm supposed to be on the radio. Old Spice commercial. Jay Bushy says, Thoughts about the ra- thoughts on the Rem Pitlick signing? Tom Hayen says, Ugh. And Ty Sandstrom says, I second that one, too. It's okay, because at least the guy that made it is somebody that, uh, the guy that did make the team is somebody that's paid his dues, and he's still young as well. They're just going to let them develop. I mean, I'm okay with it. I'm not jumping out of my chair. No, I'm not jumping out of my chair, so I kind of agree with the UG a little bit. I did like him with the Gophers. Not sure how successful he's going to be in the NHL. He's the first Pitlick to officially play for an NHL team in Minnesota. Lance was drafted by the by the North Stars, but never played for him. So we'll get a Pitlick for the first time. <laughs> it's kind of funny when you think about that. And Tyler obviously never suited up here, and he's a solid NHL, you know, bottom six guy, just like Rem is probably going to end up being. Um, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful, honestly. There's something there, I think, with Rem, just how much. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how much NHL time he's going to really have. They must really like what they see. They must. Uh, Nashville was going to send him to the to Milwaukee. That's one thing. He was going to be in Milwaukee. So that doesn't mean he was uh, blowing their doors off over in Nashville either. And when you look at his numbers and the amount of time he played in Nashville, I don't think he did blow their doors off uh, at the end of the day. That's the, that's the crappy part. So it's just at the end of the day, we're, we're hopeful. We're hopeful that uh, Pitlick is decent or that somebody else emerges and sends him to the AHL. They end up trading places like uh, Adam Beckman. I think Beckman's the closest at the moment. Obviously, Boldy's, you know, out for a long time. And they're going to want him to kind of get going in the AHL again first, even if it's just a couple of weeks. And he's spectacular. Uh, Rossi, obviously, again, you know, they want him to get going in the AHL for a little bit, yeah, which is totally fine with me. Uh, the most likely guy for me is Beckman. That's going to knock Pitlick down. The most likely guy to do that is Beckman, and we'll see. He very well might do that at the end of the day. With that said... Uh, you know, or I'm very optimistic going forward. There's no reason to not be at the end of the day. I might look at some of the prospects here for a second. Carson Lambos off to a fantastic start in the WHL. Might as well look at these guys. I was thinking of delaying this, but no, I might as well. Five points so far in only three games, and uh, he had a really nice goal the other day. Obviously, the potential's there. He was off to a slow start a little bit, and obviously he had the injury or the sickness, illness. That's a big mystery last year, only two freaking games. Uh, and a couple of years ago, he was only 16 years of age with the Winnipeg guys. Fascinating name, I'll keep saying that. 32 points in 57 games at that time. Again, 16 years old at the time. Let's remember that. And now at age 18, 
at the ripe age of 18. <laughs> Five points already in only three games for the Winnipeg Ice. Very happy to see junior hockey rolling forward. Jesper Wallstedt, uh, also again, number one pick for Minnesota this year, 20th overall. Lambos was a first-round pick as well. Four games so far for Lulia of the Swedish Hockey League. Two wins, two losses, 1.8 goals against average. Same percentage right about 92. So obviously a good start there. Jack Pert. Jack Pert, as yes, college hockey did start. And St. Cloud State is skating. And <laughs> he has two assists so far in the three games. Solid start for the young freshman and Mr. Hockey uh, in Minnesota. Very happy for him. Caden Benkier. Benkier of the WHL. Kamloops Blazers, one game so far, and he's minus one. So not a whole lot to get excited about at the moment. Kyle Mosters, four games for the Red Deer Rebels. Defenseman, though, so don't expect huge numbers necessarily. He had a point. He had a half a point a game last year for the Red Deer Rebels. They're the Rebels. Half a point a game, 10 points in only 20 games because the WHL was very, very limited the year before because of the COVID. We're tired of hearing about it. Uh, so far, six penalty minutes, and he's a plus one in four games for the Red Deer Rebels. Josh Pilar, the guy I'm very, very, very excited about. Two points in his first game for the WHL. Only two, Only one game so far. But two points, one goal, one assist, and he's a plus two. Josh Pilar is the one I'm excited about. I've talked about that extensively uh, in the draft review on July 30th. My goodness. <laughs> Josh Pilar, let's go, baby. I like that one. I like that one. Nate Benoit also. Only four games so far for the Tri-City Storm of the U.S. Hockey League. He's from Bow, New Hampshire. Bow, New Hampshire. That is a hockey hotbed a bit out there in New England area, so to speak the northeast section of the United States. Four penalty minutes so far. He's a left-shot, stay-at-home type defenseman. We'll see. We'll see at the end of the day. Ryan O'Rourke has started his first game with the OHL. He already has an assist. Good for him. Five penalty minutes. Got in a fight there. Minus one for Ryan O'Rourke. Who's Nadinov? Just talked about him. Of course, Rossi, AHL. Damian Hunt, Moose Jaw Warriors. He's also got two points so far in three games. Both goals for the defenseman. Left shot defenseman who had some time in the AHL last year and was okay. Was okay. Pavel Novak, who's also from the Czech Republic. Just like Pavel Bennett. Two goals in one game for the Kelowna Rockets. Nice start for Pavel Novak. Good start, my man. <laughs> First off, also scored, I believe. Yeah, no, he had what him? Yeah, he had, he, he had the only goal in the most recent game, and he had two goals in his first game for the University of Connecticut. He is, he's really good. He's a point-to-game guy at the college level. That is very exciting. Left shot, left winger from Yaroslav Russia. 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 I'm not saying it correctly. Has Hunter Jones gotten going? Yep. Nope, he's not yet. He'll be in the AHL. I'm looking forward to seeing what he's going to do. Beckman, yep, uh, Matt Beguskov. Try not to go too far back here at this point. Now things are acting up a little bit. Uh, Guskov, center for KHL CSKA Moscow. Half a point a game so far. Four points. Two goals, two assists in eight games. Marshall Warren. He had one goal so far. No, one assist so far in the one game he's played for BC. Again, Marshall Warren. We'll see. He's, you know, he's not as much of a scorer. He's a good skater, though. 
but more of a defensive-minded defenseman with a little bit of uh, offensive capability, shorter guy for BC. Nikita Nesterenko, just a minus one so far in his uh, season opener for him. Oh, Philip Lindbergh. Yep, he's probably going to be up. He's going to be in the Pittsburgh system. There he is with that uh, Pittsburgh Penguins jersey. Brand new picture there. Oh, Philly. <laughs> He'll most likely be in the AHL. Who knows? Maybe he will stood up for the Penguins. 22 years of age, national champion, and the most valuable player of that tournament. Oh, Philip Lindbergh. <laughs> I'm not happy about that. I really like Philip Lindbergh. But he got frustrated. He figured bleep this. And then uh, Jesper Wallstead was drafted right after that, pretty much. It is what it is. It is what it is. They just didn't have him very high on their list, and I, he was fairly high on mine. I mean, have you ever heard of the Lindbergh? Yeah, have you ever heard of the Lindbergh? You remember that article? That was my first article. Bora. Uh, Con Puck Wild. Yep. Um, man, I just love writing for that. It's been a while, though. I've been so damn out of it lately, unfortunately. So far, yep, one assist for Philip Johansson in the six games he's played. Jack McBain, one assist in the one game for BC so far. Hovey's obviously in the AHL. DeWire's there. Simon Johansson, that's the last guy I'll look at, and he's just still getting started mostly. No, he's playing for Ives Tempiar, but he's also in the Swedish Hockey League. Two assists in the eight games so far overseas for him. Sam Henches in his senior year now. Two assists for Sam Henches. going to be one of the leaders now of the national runners-up last year. Seventh round pick in 2010 by your friend and mine, Paul Fenton. <laughs> Sean Boudrias, not sure about that one, unfortunately. He's kind of like floating out there. Uh, Bryce Misley actually had an assist the other night. Uh, he did. The first, well, it was a preseason game, but he had an assist for the AHL's Iowa Wild last night. Very cool. And it's a 3-2 uh, to win for the Iowa Wild. That was cool. Uh, it was mostly like, yeah, Kramaros had two goals. That was kind of nice. <laughs> and so did uh, Terjean. He also had two goals. It was 4-3, to three, pardon me, an overtime winner. Terjean with a game winner there. And uh, the early goal, the earliest goal of the game, Measley. Measley had his first assist, at least in the preseason. So we'll see what happens there. With that, I think I've rambled enough. And hoping all of you are ready for some hockey. I certainly am. It's about time. Uh, <laughs> it Well, luckily it was a slightly shorter offseason than normal. And so we get to get right back at it again. We're not uh, saying, well, Tampa's the defending champ. And now we get to sit and wait and say, oh, God, when are we going to have hockey again? I Ah, oh, come on. It's November. I want to see hockey. And I'm just shaking, I want, especially during the cleanup season. I just loved coming home after wor working my ass off in some of those cold days doing fall cleanup, Saturday afternoons, whatever. You come home and Wild versus Buffalo, Wild versus Calgary, Wild versus Edmonton. Oh, wasn't that cool? And it was a game that mattered. It was an NHL regular season game. And then last year, nothing. Nothing. Yeah, oh, oh we have football on Sundays, though. Nothing, though. Sorry. Sorry. Just shut up, Joey. Shut up, Joey. It's not all about you. It's not all about you. <laughs> well, it is about us now, damn it. NHL season is upon us. Rock and frickin' roll. With that said, hope all of you enjoy yourself very much. Please tell your friends about the show. I hope I didn't ramble on too much here. I'm always afraid of that. I'm always afraid I'm pulling out. Ah. <laughs> but I just get so excited to talk about things. 
And despite the fact I'm a very experienced podcaster, sometimes I just keep going and going and going when maybe I shouldn't. I should move on to other topics and just kind of have a more of a structured atmosphere at times. Today, I just kind of wanted to go and, and look at things and give you my perspective. And that's generally how I operate. Some shows are different than others. But with that said, again, for the sake of time, hoping all of you are ready for some hockey as here comes the cooler weather and here comes the NHL. I will wrap things up very quickly with contact details and such, including the uh, (laughs) Vigit application. It is an application for Android or Apple phones or devices, whatever you want to call them. Social media for sports bettors. You can post about your picks, see what others are saying about games. Vigit betting leagues, a month-long betting competition to see who the best sports better is over the course of a month. Free-to-play sportsbook, bet-free coins, win real prizes, betting stats. There is great information available on the Vigit Like Line movement where the public is betting. It is not real money wagering, I repeat, not real money wagering. In a way, it's like fantasy betting, this and that. You can kind of keep up with that. You can even use it as a cheap sheet if you are going to really bet. Cheat sheet, so to speak, if you're going to really bet. But uh, now that we have football in full force, hockey is going to be in full force, basketball in full force, baseball playoffs in full force, let's go. Let's have some fun. Let's have some fun. Do join on the Vigit application. When they ask who referred you, it'll be Paladino Live. All one word, Paladino Live. That will be in the show description. For the Twitter account, which is what I was referring to in the fan interaction, at Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild. And when you have a question, comment, take, whatever you want to call it, hashtag BTWMN. Include that in your tweet, and it'll be all ready to go and organize for me. Please do that. I, I really want to hear from you. There's also a way to get on the show with your voice, if you'd like. It's called an audio submission. Simply use your smart device open any free voice recording application you may have on it. Usually they're built into the system. Just open it up, press record, treat it like a phone call, hit stop, share it, slash email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com paladinolive at yahoo.com Also, major shout out to uh, MNW Sports <laughs> MNW Prospects, pardon me. Uh, that would be on Twitter and Facebook. Look those up. They'll be in the show description as well. Grease and Assist, Derek Felska, of course, uh, Minnesota Wild Global, Scott Cavendish, da- uh, David Kostick, Chance Kostick, Chad Walski, Kathy Main, David Abraham, uh, Michael Fick, so many cool people on there. Awesome, awesome page. And you got Scott Turner also for Minnesota Wild Nation. Do join those Facebook pages and interact on there during games. And of course, you can tweet with me as well at times at Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild. With that said, please write a positive rating for Brave the Wild on Apple Podcasts, Audible, or Stitcher. Those are the three available for that. Those of you that have, thank you so bleeping much. (laughs) I mean that in a big way. Thank you so much, and thank you for those of you that have supported this show over the course of time. Hope to hear from you more and more in the Fan Interaction segment. And until next time, go wild. (laughs) 